Hi everyone, welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Let's pray together. Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we gather together today. The name of Jesus that we lift up our voices and our hearts and our minds, our strength to you as our God, our creator, the giver and sustainer of life. It is in the name of Jesus that we are able to come before you with our praises, with our our petitions, with our prayers, with our celebrations, with our broken hearts. We come before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for who you are, what you've done. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross, to give us access to you, a relationship with you, and give us the forgiveness of sins that we also desperately need. Now, God, as we turn to the pages of Scripture today, as we read these ancient words, would you make these words new to us today? Would you teach us, move in us? God, would you teach us how to love better? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Well, once again, let me welcome you to Faith Christian. Glad that you are here this morning. Glad that you're tuned in and watching online. Glad for, thrilled that we get to make this a part of our weekends together and share this time together. A couple of just quick announcements uh, before we dig in this morning. I want to be sure you know, if you haven't had a chance yet, when you leave the room this morning out in the atrium, we have a table, uh, kind of a display set up for our vacation Bible school. Uh, VBS begins three weeks from today, actually, and we're excited. Great plans are happening. So if you haven't checked that out, you can register your kid. You can sign up to help, and we would love to uh, to have as many of you uh, here that week, uh, beginning uh, three weeks from tonight when VBS begins. uh, They're on the case. That's our theme this year, and uh, that's uh, just wonderful things planned through our Faith Kids Ministry and hope that you'll be a part of that as well. Also need to remind you that beginning next Sunday morning, uh, we switch to our summer together service times, which means that our 1030 service, which you're sitting in right now, will actually move to 10 o'clock beginning next Sunday morning. Our 9 o'clock service will also move to 10 o'clock, and we'll have one service only on Sunday mornings all summer long. That begins next Sunday morning, Memorial Day weekend, as we kind of kick off our summertime officially together. And so all summer long, our our worship times will be 10 a.m. Sunday morning. So I need you to do me a favor real quick. Just everybody ready? I got to make sure you get this. Everybody just raise your right hand and just repeat after me. I state your name. I state my name. Yeah. Understand that. Next Sunday, church starts at 10. And so when I show up at 1030, I will not be mad at the preacher. All right, good. We got that. All right, that's out of the way. All right. I'm glad you know that. Uh, 10 o'clock, beginning next Sunday. Again, all summer long, we're going to be doing that. We've got some special things planned. We'll talk more about that as we get to it. Uh, but we're looking forward to We've done this for several years now. Our summer together, one service. Our kids ministry, uh, Faith Kids, will be going on at the same time uh, down there in junior church. That'll be happening at 10 o'clock as well. Our live stream will be happening at 10 a.m. as well. So if you're not able to be with us, say you're on vacation to somewhere exotic like Eurexville, you can tune in at 10 o'clock uh, beginning next Sunday morning, all summer long. Watch us on vacation, be a part of this. Don't miss what's going on here. We've got some great things, uh, some very important teaching uh, that's planned for this summer that I hope that you'll be down uh, to participate with us as well. Well, this morning we are wrapping up um, this sermon series we've been in this, this month where we've been taking a look at some biblical principles for our relationships. And we've looked at some scripture, we've talked about uh, just getting this idea of how to have better relationships by using these solid biblical principles. And last week we got to kind of the third principle, which is kind of all about this idea of forgiveness. 
that when we've been hurt or when someone sinned against us and we go as jesus said we learned in week one we go and we become the initiators of peace to do whatever we can within our power to 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 get to that goal of peace when we've done that there comes a moment where we have to and i quoted one of my daughter's favorite disney movies let it go uh, uh, frozen and said let it go that's that comes a point where we have to just let go and i got some pushback from you i got some feedback um, from some of you this week and i understand why because as i'm standing here saying it i understand what i'm saying we get to a point in relationships especially when we've been hurt we've been wounded uh, we've been kicked around we've been taken advantage of we've been abused we've been traumatized in some way i understand for for me to stand up here and say just let it go it sounds really really easy on sunday morning but it's impossible i get it and so i'm going to pivot a little bit from what i was going to talk about today and we need to talk about this idea a little bit more this idea of forgiveness and really this this idea of forgiveness comes down comes down to this idea of when i've been hurt when i've been taken advantage of when i've been left when i've been abused when i've been wounded how do i heal from that how do i get through that because i've been hurt and it still hurts there's still a wound and i haven't healed how do you heal from that and that's what i want to talk about today and we're going to read a passage in a few moments from the book of ephesians where paul walks us through how we can begin to find healing from these hurts now before we get there i need to make a very important caveat i should have said this last week as well there is some pain there is some trauma that is so deep you cannot heal on your own so let me remind you there is absolutely nothing wrong in asking for help because we need help there are some pain we cannot deal with on our own and it is okay to say i need some help dealing with this and it is a good thing and it's an okay thing get rid of the stigma it is an okay thing a good thing for you to work with a therapist or a medical doctor even to help bring you to a place of healing to bring you to a place where this concept of forgiveness can even be on the table because you can't get there on your own so don't be afraid of that don't be embarrassed of that get the help that you need and i told first service i'll tell you this as well i love you but i'm not the help you need i'm not a counselor i'm pretty good at this part of the job i'm not a counselor but i know some counselors and I know some places where you could get the help, and I'll help you get in touch with the people that can help you deal with your trauma, deal with your pain, and help you get the help that you need to begin to heal and to get to a place where forgiveness is even on the table. So what I want to talk about today as we look at Scripture this morning, I want to talk about this idea of how do you heal? Now, for a lot of us, when we start talking about healing um, mentally or emotionally, especially when we've been wounded, when we've been hurt, a lot of us try to heal in the same ways that we would try to heal physically let me let me show you what i mean for instance one of the ways that we try to heal physically and thus try to heal emotionally is just this idea of just leave it alone and it'll get better this is what i do and maybe it's maybe it's a guy thing i don't know you know when you get hurt on the ball field it's like just rub some dirt in it walk it off you're gonna be all right just leave it alone it, it, you'll get better just leave it alone it'll get better and now physically sometimes this actually works if you break a rib i broke a rib playing softball what do you do with a broken rib nothing you just got to let it heal try not to get hit in the chest again for a couple of weeks that's what you do when you have a broken rib you break a toe you might tape it together with the toe next to it but what do you do you just leave it alone and it will heal some of us do this emotionally as well 
We just kind of leave it alone and hope that it gets better. So much so that if someone were to come and apologize to you for something that they did to you, you would be like, eh, don't worry about it. No big deal. Ain't no thing. We're good. We're good. And you may act like it's nothing, but it is. It's something. And so what you've done is just swept it under the rug and you never dealt with it and you never healed. Here's another way we do this, try to heal emotionally the same way we might heal physically, and that is to over-medicate. Physically, you know, this is the person who has the bandage and the sling and the body cast because they got a hangnail. You know this person, right? And you take a lot of different prescriptions and a lot of different over-the-counter things and a lot of different natural herbal remedies to try to fix what's wrong with you. You over-medicate. Even emotionally, this is what a lot of people do. And so you've got a bunch of books and a bunch of support groups and a Facebook self-analysis and you self-medicate in other ways and all those things could help, but it doesn't deal with the problem. It only masks the problem. It only numbs the problem. Here's the third one. This idea of I'll heal when they hurt. I'll be better when they hurt. Call it revenge, call it karma, call it whatever you want to, but we kind of believe that I will feel a whole lot better when you don't, when you get what's coming to you, and you think you're going to feel better when they hurt, and, and, and honestly, you might <laughs> for a moment, <laughs> but just for a moment. You won't for long, which means that we didn't really heal. The truth of, this, of the matter is, when I talk about this kind of pain, some of us are dealing with some very, very heavy stuff. For some of you, it's a family member that stole your innocence when you were a kid and you still have to see them all the time for some of you it's a parent that manipulates you and brings guilt and shame on you and belittles you and constantly tells you that you've not lived up to be as good as your brother or your sister sisters or, 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 or you haven't lived up to their expectations of you and you have to see them all the time for some of you it's a it's an ex-business partner who had you, you and this partner, you had this dream, you were gonna build something great together, and then they took your idea and your money and they ran and they left you with nothing. For some of you, it's an ex, and they took the kids and now you haven't seen them in years. Who, whoever, that, whoever that person is, and, and we all have somebody, whoever that person is, we're all waiting for an apology. We're, we're waiting for an explanation. We're, we're waiting to pay them back. And when it doesn't happen, we don't heal. Do you know who that person is in your life? I, I know you do. So right now, will you just mentally, just mentally write down their name in your mind? Because we're going to talk about this person for the next little bit. If you're brave enough, you can write their name down on a piece of paper if you, if you want to. But we need to talk about that person today. How do you heal from what they did? Now, for all of us, when it comes to this idea of, of issues like this, we kind of live on this, like, continuum between two extremes. One, on the one side over here, we're going to call bitterness. On the other side is this idea of forgiveness. And most of us live somewhere in between these two. We want to think that we live over here on the forgiveness side. Like, I've dealt with it, I've forgiven them, I, I've, I've, I, I'm better, they're better, everything's good. We live on the forgiveness side, but here's the truth. Most of us, we kind of ping pong between these two sides, don't we? We spend a lot of time over here, we think we're getting better. So we, we deal with it, we heal, we heal, we heal, and then all of a sudden, you know, we pass this person in, in traffic. And just all of a sudden, all these feelings and emotions just come flooding back to us. So we think we're over here on the forgiveness side, but all of a sudden we're like, whoosh! We're back over here on the bitterness side. Or, or maybe you, you went through a tough breakup, 
and you think, you know, I've healed, we've dealt with it, we're getting better, I'm on the forgiveness side, and then your song comes on the radio, and all the memories come flooding back, and whoosh, we're right back over here to the bitterness side. The truth is, most of us, most of us spend a better part of our life living on this side, the bitterness side, than we do on this side, the forgiveness side, where we want to be because we're constantly rehearsing and remembering and reflecting on all the things that have been done wrong to us and all the pain that we're going through and have had to go through. And I suspect you've been there before. And this is maybe the reality that you live in. You've been bitter and you are bitter. So the question is, how do you heal? Well, we're going to read this passage from the book of Ephesians where God gives us some great insight through the Apostle Paul who wrote these words in how to heal. Let me read this for you. Beginning chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now hold on just a second. What this verse is getting at is reminding us is that when we decide to become followers of Jesus, when we profess the name of Christ as our leader and forgiver of our lives, and we are baptized into Jesus, Scripture says that we are putting on a new a new nature is the word in this line. Some, some verses talk about we're a new creation. We're a new person. We are putting on, when we put on Jesus, we are putting on a new. There's imagery here, and in some other places that in Paul's writings, there's imagery here of you're out working in the yard, and you got really dirty, and so you came inside, and you took off your dirty shirt, and you put on a clean shirt. It's, it's the imagery of putting on a clean shirt. We are made new, a new creature, a new person, a new nature. And because of that, when we put on the new, when we profess Jesus, when we're baptized into Jesus, because of that, we now have the very Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is now living within us. The, God, it, through the Spirit, takes up residence in our lives. When we become this new creature, this new person, we're now living with the Spirit of God inside of us. And with that comes all the power of Christ living in us to fight the ways that we used to live, so that now we can live a life of not only receiving forgiveness and healing, but also giving forgiveness and healing. So next Paul is going to say, he's going to get very specific here about how we are to deal with our bitterness. Because we have the Spirit of Christ living in us, we can now do this. Verse 26, he says, and don't, let, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Now, notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, don't sin by getting angry. He says, you're going to get angry. You're just going to. Just don't let it control you. The issue is not the feeling of anger. The issue is, what do you do with your anger? How do you respond to it? Anger is a natural emotion. It is a God-given emotion. God gets angry. The question is, how do you handle it? One translation of this verse says, it says it like this, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. In other words, you're gonna get angry. Just think about 
how you get angry. And then he clarifies it a little bit more. Next phrase. He says, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, a lot of us have heard this phrase before. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And we hear this phrase and we think, that is a really good rule for marriage. And so we're going to decide in our family, we're never going to go to bed angry. That's a nice concept, isn't it? It's a nice idea. But have you noticed, the longer you're married especially, that there are some issues that don't get settled before the sun goes down? There are some issues you can't, settle, you, you can't resolve in 24 hours in 24 hours we don't live in sitcom world right some of these issues take some time some people go to bed angry some people wake up angry you know that person some people sleep angry you know them too listen my wife is one of the sweetest most gentle tender-hearted people that you will ever meet in your life but she is a profoundly deep sleeper and if you wake her up before it's time you are rolling the dice with what you're going to get. <laughs> you just don't know. Anger is not always resolved before the sun goes down. So what is Paul talking about here? Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Well, this is actually, and if you look at your Bible, it might be in quotation marks, this phrase. This was actually an old cliche that was used back then. Kind of, we use cliches, a little proverbs now, things like, uh, you know, it is what it is, or uh, live and learn, something like that. Well, back then, this was a phrase that was just a common phrase used in, in the vocabulary, in the vernacular of the people, this idea of don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Here's what the phrase meant. Don't carry anger from one season of your life into the next season of your life. In other words, don't carry your anger from your childhood into your adulthood. Don't carry your anger from your first marriage into your second marriage. Don't carry your anger from your first job or your last job into your next job. Don't let the season go down on your anger because the problem is when you carry that anger from one season of your life into the next season of your life, you, in the new season, you end up forgetting why you were mad in the first place. And you end up taking that anger out on all the new people around you, and it wasn't their fault. They're not responsible for that. They can't make it right. Because your issue isn't with them. It's from the last season of your life. Don't carry that anger from one season to the next season. Here's what he says next, verse 27. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Paul's saying here is when we maintain anger, when we carry anger from one season to the next season, we are literally putting our hands out, kind of like when you used to try to help a friend climb a fence when you were a kid, you put your hands out like this and give him a boost, right? You're literally giving Satan a boost up into your life because of the bitterness and anger in your life. So what do we do about that? Well, Paul's going to get very, very specific. Down to verse 29, he says... Don't use foul or abusive language. Now, this is more than just don't cuss. All right, this is not just don't swear, don't cuss. This is about the words that you say about somebody and the words that you say to somebody. Because the way you talk about somebody and the way you talk to somebody else, guess what? You are feeding the fire of bitterness in your life with those words. So don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to all of those who hear them. And then he says this, verse 31. 
get rid of all bitterness. Remember, we had that continuum between bitterness and forgiveness. Get rid of all bitterness. And now he's going to show us a progression. If we don't deal with the bitterness in our lives, here's what that bitterness is. It's left to just fester in our minds and in our emotions and in our lives and in our families. Here's what that bitterness becomes if we don't deal with it. Rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. This gets to the point that when you want to hurt somebody even if it hurts you. As long as you're getting back at them, even if it hurts me, I don't care. I just want to get back at them because I believe that I'll heal when they hurt. Now notice how he wraps up the whole chapter, verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Here's what he's saying. If you want to heal, if you want to deal with and get rid of bitterness, it's not enough to just get rid of the bitterness. You have to replace it. And you replace it with forgiveness. If you want to get rid of bitterness, you have to replace it with forgiveness. Now let's take a time out because I can already hear your pushback. It's the same pushback and feedback I got from some of you after last week's message. I can hear you screaming at me in your mind right now. And the pushback is, I'm not forgiving them. I'm not going to forgive them. You don't know what they've done. You don't know what they said. You don't know how I felt. And you're right, you're right, I don't. I don't. So let me clarify, I think this is important. Let me clarify what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Let's start with what forgiveness is not. Because we're gonna, gonna add forgiveness to the mix, get rid of bitterness and add forgiveness. We need to know what it is. So here's what it is not. Forgiveness is not denying or diminishing what they did. They did something. It hurt. It was a thing. It's not denying or diminishing what they did. Forgiveness is not saying it was okay. We do this, oh, it's okay, because we just want to get over it, right? We want to get past it. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not saying it was okay. Forgiveness is not saying it was right, because it wasn't. So we'd be lying to them and to ourselves. Forgiveness is not a response to an apology. Catch this. You don't have to wait for an apology before you forgive someone. Did you know that Christianity is the only religion in the world where that's true? Christianity is the only religion in the world where you don't have to have an, an apology before you can forgive. Forgiveness is not forgetting, no matter what your grandma told you. Forgive and forget, right? Grandma said, let's be honest. There are some things that you will never forget. There are some things you should never forget, but you can still forgive. Forgiveness is not trusting. Trust takes a long time to build, sometimes an entire lifetime to build, and it is easily lost. And just because you forgive someone does not mean that you're going to start trusting them at the level that you once did. And here, finally, Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness does not always mean that things are going to go back to the way they were. Sometimes, most of the time, they probably shouldn't go back to the way they were. But you can still forgive. So if that's what forgiveness is not, let's, let's talk about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is removing that person's control over you. We've talked in this series a little bit about this idea that when you hold a grudge against somebody, it's like, you know, drinking rat poison hoping they die. 
or um, it's, it's letting them live rent-free in your head. Or maybe it's the idea of holding your breath, hoping that they suffocate. That's what, what's, what happens when we hold a grudge against somebody. When all you want for that person is pain, they have control over you. When all you want for them is, to, is for them to hurt, for them to have to deal with something, then they have control over you. When you choose to forgive, you are removing that person's control over you. Here's another thing. Forgiveness is a gift for them, but it's also a gift for you. It's a gift for them and you. You are letting them out of your wrath, and you are releasing that hold that bitterness has on you. Forgiveness is leaving ultimate justice to God. We talked about this quite a bit last week. Listen, this doesn't mean forgiveness does not mean that you're letting them get away with it. What it means is it's in God's hands now and you are simply choosing not to be God anymore. You're choosing to let God deal with it, take care of it because he is just and he knows what is right. You're going to let him deal with it rather than you deal with it. Here's the last one. Forgiveness is canceling a debt. For those of us who are waiting to forgive until we get an apology or waiting to, to forgive you know, whenever I finally feel like it, we are forgetting what forgiveness really is. Forgiveness is an accounting term. It's a math thing. It means to zero out a debt. Forgiveness is us deciding that I can wipe the slate clean of what somebody owes me. Because you see, at, at the, heart of, uh, uh, the heart of the issue here, the heart of anger, the heart of bitterness, at the heart of it is this, this, this idea that we believe that somebody owes me something. They owe me an apology. They owe me money. They owe me time. They owe me my first marriage. They owe me my childhood. Think about it. Most of those things could never be repaid. And so when you choose to exchange bitterness for forgiveness, you are simply saying, you don't owe me anymore. We are zeroing out the debt. So how do we do this? Let me give you, this is, I just, this is Larry's three-step principles of forgiveness. Here's three steps of how you can, you can begin to exchange forgiveness for the bitterness in your life. And I want you, when you talk about this, I want you to think about that person that you've had in mind that we started talking about a few minutes ago. Here's the first step. To, to, to put, put forgiveness in place in our lives, the first thing you have to do is you have to identify the person who owes you. You've already done this. <laughs> you've been thinking about this person for 20 minutes now, haven't you? You've already done this. Identify who it is. That's step one. Step two, identify what they owe you. Determine what is it that they owe you. Is it an apology? Is it a childhood? Is it an explanation? Is it your innocence? What is it? Determine what they owe you. Step three, you cancel the debt. You, you, you cancel the debt. It means you make the willing choice to release them from what they owe you. You don't owe me anymore. And listen, I wish that I could tell you that all you have to do is do this one time and you are free forever, but you know better already, don't you? So we ping pong back and forth on that continuum. You'll remember. You'll see them. You'll hear the song. And all those emotions and floods of memories will come pouring back into your life. It'll come back, so you got to do this again and again and again. And I know, I know, I know there's a part of you right now that just wants to raise your hand and shout, but you don't know what they did. 
You don't know my story. You're right, you're right, I don't. I don't know your story. And that's why I love the very last line of that verse that we just read, Ephesians 4, 32, where Paul says, forgive just as Christ Jesus has forgiven you. Forgive just as Christ Jesus has forgiven you. In other words, you think you got a good story? Jesus left heaven, walked on earth as a man, was wrongfully accused, he was beaten, he was flogged to near death, he had a crown of thorns shoved onto his head, he was nailed to a cross, and while he hung naked on a cross, while being crucified, he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. I don't think his story is anything like our stories. And if he can do it now, because we have the power of Jesus living in us, we can do it too. Let me pray for you. If you are on our communion team this morning, we'll go ahead and take your place and get ready to serve communion. Make your way to the Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness in our lives. I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your compassion, and for your love that was demonstrated to us on a cross where Jesus hung, beaten, abused, and cried out, Father, forgive them. 